Welcome back to Tech Table. My name is Kevin Harwood, and joining me to my right, for those who cannot see this podcast, Ryan Considine. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, Kevin, I'm doing really good. I'm really glad you brought in that kind of visual feel. Right. Um, I think it really helps people to get a sense of you know, where they are, where we are, what right. we're doing here. They're right, right here next to us the whole I'm, time, right? Yeah, they, they feel like chat. they're part of the show. Yeah, I've missed you. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been back. So, it's been uh, a while, and it is, but it's really good to be back. I, I'm glad to have a discussion today, and we're actually got a special treat today, right? We're actually going to bring in a guest. We have John Kessner today from Super Mechanical. And he's off to your left. He's off to bit. my left. Yeah. And uh, we're, bringing, my right. we're bringing him in today because we're actually going to talk about the smart kitchen here in 2015 where we're at, what our opinions are, where, where we think it's going, and uh, we'll just have an interesting conversation around that. So, uh, John, good to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and uh, you know the company you work for, Super Mechanical. Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, right. So, we make, I guess you'd say, smart objects, but as hopefully we'll get into what the hell does smart mean. Um, so, I prefer to use the word connected objects. Right yeah. now, we focus on connected cooking thermometers. Um, we make one called Range, and we're making one called Range Dial, which is kind of the same, but Bluetooth and better. Um, before that, uh, made probably the first, uh, to use another one of these overused terms, one of the first Internet of Things devices for consumers, and it was called Twine, and it was just this generic box that you can connect to the web and tell it what to do and say, like, let me know when my basement is flooding or my house is overheating or whatever. Um, and all of that came out of work that I did at the MIT Media Lab, um, where you know I kind of practice industrial design and engineering to kind of see what would happen if you started with um, normal objects that we're used to and kind of added smarts to them, rather than try to stick a computer in everything by default. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And range dial, I believe you just got out of Kickstarter. Is that right? Successfully funded, and now you're into the actual implementation and execution phase? That's right. Yeah, we uh, raised about 150% of what we asked for. That's great. And uh, yeah, now to kind of polish off the tooling and get it made. That's awesome. Well, I guess to get started, you know, maybe let's talk about what our current smart or connected kitchen setups even are. Um, you know, for me personally... Uh, we have a slightly fancy scale that we use that, you know, hooks up. My wife has it hooked to her iPhone. We haven't used it that much only because it's, you know, kind of a pain to get your phone out just to use a scale when you're in the kitchen environment. And then I do have a, a, a thermostat that I use in my smoker uh, from iDevices. So I have, you know, one of those uh, similar products there. And that's about the extent of items that I have in my kitchen right now. What about you, Ryan? Do you have anything at all? Yeah, in the kitchen, I've I've really avoided it. I feel like the kitchen hasn't quite been there yet. Um, you know, I have, you know, we've talked about our smart products before. You know, I have tons of stuff. When I, I didn't realize how much connected stuff I had until I reset my Wi-Fi password. Right, <laughs> I changed it. and I had to change it on like forty devices throughout right. the house. Right, it's terrible. Um, but the kitchen is surprisingly barren right now of smarts. What about you, John? Do you have anything in your kitchen that you're really passionate <laughs> about right now? Well, let's see. Other than like other various than prototypes. prototypes yeah. yeah, exactly. I got like about five of them stuck to my fridge. Um, no, I mean, everything else is pretty dumb. We have a nice little uh, induction tea kettle that, I mean, it's, you know, like a $25 thing, but it just allows us to make hot cocoa every night easily. Um, and my wife would like that. I think that's, that's not bad. That sounds like yeah. a decent device to have there. Yeah, totally. Originally got it for like pour over coffee, but that in itself is kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, you know, I just want caffeine. Yeah. Um, so that and just an old toaster I got for five bucks at Goodwill that I really love. 
um, you know, it just has like nice physical affordances. Right. So, right. You know, I mean, what what you were saying about um, the scale being a pain in the ass because you got to pull your phone out. That is a huge friction point. You know, we're saying like, oh, we'll we'll put an app on it, and you know, that's supposed to kind of do the job. Where, um, especially in the kitchen, and this is what uh, uh, you know, you guys are talking about. Um, there's just no. Uh, you don't got time for uh, messing with something because it's got to be a really functional thing and you have a family who's waiting for you to perform and give them food. You know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very hands-on activity. A lot of times your hands are dirty. You've got things going on. It's really difficult to, you know, work with a mobile device in that environment. Yeah. Right? I guess the, the smartest thing about my kitchen is my Apple Watch, right? It's like setting timers uh, with the Apple Watches, yeah. you know, using Siri hands-free timers, right? Yeah. So, John, like, what's kind of your overall view right now, kind of state of the union of where we're at with a connected, you know, smart kitchen here in 2015? Is it a bunch of buzz? Is there a lot of momentum behind it? You know, where do you see it right now? There's a ton of buzz. I think it's um, been kind of underrepresented um, in the media and, you know, wherever else buzz is building. But uh, I was just at the first ever Smart Kitchen Summit in Seattle, where a um, couple hundred people from the industry got together um, to try to figure out, okay, uh, where is stuff actually happening? And so it's neat to see that there is a lot of interest. Um, you know, you have big manufacturers of appliances all the way down to people who are making smart scales mm-hmm. um, or people who are just making content, recipes. And the most interesting takeaway I had from it though, was that no one actually knows what consumers want. No one knows how to, you know, how to really get this thing started. So, you know, cart before the horse. Yeah. Did you see anything there that particularly resonated with you in terms of ideas or concepts from a, you know, a prototype or even a, you know, a particular product? Yeah, I I think it's mostly, um, I kind of started believing in this idea of um, reworking the recipe as kind of the new entry point. Um, you know, recipes themselves, how they are, been around for a long time. And of course, uh, you know, a multimedia approach could be huge. And so I've seen, and I don't know uh, which scale you have, but um, some of them are using the scale just as a point of context to be able to advance through a recipe. That's exactly what the idea behind it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like you pour the first, you know, two cups of flour and then you pour an egg and then you pour two cups of salt or what, you know, it's just, you know, step by step by step leading you through the recipe. Yeah, exactly. And then when you have a screen that you're looking at for this kind of thing, and if it can show you a picture or video to kind of get a feel for it, because like, you know, it's a, I don't, I don't know if it's an inexact science, but it's really hard to communicate like how done is this supposed to look, you know, and to be able to show a color picture or even video of someone prodding a thing so you know what the consistency, um, you know, that's a huge help. You know? Right. So do we have any ideas around like, you know, what are the specific barriers that we're trying to tackle in this industry right now that, you know, we really view those as, you know, the nuts that need to be cracked in order to actually take this thing to the mainstream? I mean, to, to me, it feels like it doesn't get really good until everything is connected, until everything is really working together. Like, sure, you can do the scale and it knows which step you're on, um, you know, but it doesn't. It didn't preheat my oven automatically. You know, it didn't uh, start the timer automatically. I guess it could start the timer for you, right? Um, if the timer is yeah. on your phone, right? Right, yeah. Part of the app, right? right? But, you know, if it requires, you know, uh, you know, something sizzling on the stove, something in the oven, if it's this kind of complicated recipe, um, it, it really starts to shine to me when all of that stuff is working together and everything is kind of automated in that sense. Yeah. What do you think, John? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, this is kind of a microcosm of the connected home or, you know, Internet of Things in general. And I was at Best Buy yesterday to pick something up and it was hellish. Um, there were... 
shelves and shelves full of these connected objects. I mean, aside from the usual hellishness of right. being in a Best Buy. <laughs> sure. I mean, all the More people. More so than normal, yeah. Right. I mean, now that Circuit City's gone, you know, someone's got to. Circuit City, that is, the na- that is a brand I have not heard in a long time. But yeah. And this podcast, sponsored by Best Buy today. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't know how your bread is buttered, but uh, I don't no, care. So. Totally kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> no. Um, but they're, you know, they have shelves and shelves. Again, this is going back to like this idea that like no one knows what the hell they're doing. And so they're all trying to force all these different ideas. So I saw like four different connected door locks, probably twice that for smart lights. Um, each one of them had their little, um, you know, not just shelf space, but they had the little demo s- set up, right, with the videos. And, uh, you know, maybe like there's like a fake little door that you could turn your connected doorknob and see how it worked. Um, but none of these things actually work with each other. And, you know, none of that really gets across, even if they worked with each other, or I mean, sort of, then you're talking about being an IT guy for your house, right? Right. And that's, you know, that's why I think like, something like the phone and something like the iPhone in particular, has been just so successful, because it is this one object, you know, one experience that's controlled by one company, and they can do a decent job of it. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at is, you know, there's lots of different companies trying to solve the fragmentation problem of, you know, some sort of communication platform. You've got Apple with HomeKit, you know, Android's got, uh, what is Google's? Brillo. Yeah, there's Brillo. I know <laughs> Nest has a program they're thread. backing. Thread. Yeah, the Thread Group. There's, you know, these several different, you know, mechanisms being is moved forward. Is it Brillo or is that something else? There are different layers of the same yeah. stack. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you, do you have a viewpoint on, you know, is is one winning? Do you think one's got the right approach? Is it just, you know, we're still too early to figure out, you know, where this thing's going to land? Still way too early. I mean, I, I think um, from what I've seen of HomeKit, um, aside from the fact that it seems that they're rolling it out very slowly and they don't incredibly slowly they don't exactly know what they want i don't Um, think anybody like we don't know what we want nobody knows any nobody knows what they want here right right yeah yeah. so i mean like oh i'd I'd take it even back a step in what you were saying about oh everything should be connected it's like okay well maybe first we need to figure out why (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean like too often like in in the stuff that we're doing you know we're either working with early adopters or we're working with companies that just know they have to be in there somewhere but we aren't working with consumers right. and consumers aren't asking for these things yeah uh, you know so i mean this is why our philosophy has generally been let's look at existing objects i mean nest is kind of the best example of a pretty successful smart object right i mean the the need that they saw i mean you could say there was twofold just a much better thermostat experience but more importantly, they just had a great value proposition, right? It right. can save you money. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you can actually quantify the money you're going to save, that's a, that's an easy way to cross over into the mainstream market in terms of like overcoming the barrier to actually going and buying it yeah, and installing it and using it. If you've got this like goal of, I know I'm going to save $200 a year if I install this product. That's Yeah, I think Nest put it as, uh, you know, it'll pay for itself in a year. Right. right? That's it a great marketing strategy right. to get into that, you know, mainstream environment. Yeah, totally. I mean, and you know, when we talk about cooking thermometers, I mean, the part I, I try to highlight is that, um, you know, the fact that it's connected means not that you'll be pulling your phone out to twiddle with it, but it just means that you don't have to be right at your oven to hear the alarm and to kind of try to ease the anxiety that, you know, people have. Like, so, I mean, you can identify like expert users who just want more precise data. That's great. And then you can also see that there are a lot of people who don't exactly know what they're doing. They're worried that they're going to overcook or undercook something. I'm kind of in that category. And just having a nice digital number there to tell you that you're doing it right. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's the reason I have a, a smart thermostat for my smoking setup. Because, you know, when you're smoking meat, like, you know, it's a very long process. It's all about temperature control. 
it's outdoors. So, um, you know, if I've got some sort of tool that allows me to sit on my couch and monitor that rather than continuing to get up and going to check every 15 minutes, that provides me actual utility and value that I can kind of latch onto and get excited about. Um, what do you think, like, you know, from a, from a higher level, what, what is your vision for a, a smart kitchen? Like, you know, what, how would you describe that to just kind of your everyday user right now of where, where you think this thing will be in a couple of years or five years from now? Yeah, that's a good question. Since I, since I started actually making stuff and got out of graduate school, I didn't have, I don't have as much time to kind of think far out, you know, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, I've been starting from these individual tools that can just be improved. You know, there are lots of cooking thermometers out there. That's, that's right. But, um, you know, I'm a designer and I think bringing it, bringing the experience to the level of a really nice spatula where, it just works like you want it to work. Maybe you have a couple of them in the drawer, but otherwise it just does your bidding. You know, and right. it's an extension of your arm. So I, I'm more interested in kind of like building it up from these individual tools that do an existing function better than rather than trying to do a whole ecosystem and projected right. recipes on your counter, that kind of thing. Yeah. So when you go about building a product like the range dial, what are the like specific details and, and things that you're honing in on when you're trying to, you know, you know, bring this product to market? What's really important to you while creating it? Um, well, I mean, certainly, I mean, I got to say for anyone who's like, hasn't actually made a hardware product, um, you know, make one because by putting something out in the market, you know, you learn so much from what people want. You know, mm-hmm. people react so much better to anything that actually exists. Um, and so, I mean, we, we learned a lot of things. Like um, one maybe unspoken friction point from our first one is that having to pull out an app and plug it in just means that maybe it doesn't get used as much. And I want people to use it. I want, I want people to, you know, actually enjoy their purchase and not leave it in the drawer. So, um you know, with range dial, the point is that it has a dial and it has, um, you know, so that you don't have to launch the app at all. Temperatures will appear on your lock screen, but at the critical point when your hands are messy and you're putting food in the oven, you just turn the dial, stick the thermometer in, you know, it's working like a normal, <laughs> normal so thermometer. It's got full interaction without having to have the app, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, not, maybe not full interaction, but at least it's, it's fully capable of working. Maybe you get more advanced yeah. functionality with the phone, but you're able to use it without having to take anything out of your pocket. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it gets the best of both worlds because if you happen to be away from it, you know, once you do the pairing once, then it'll send you an alert. You never had to open the app to get that alert in the first place yeah i think that's a really key insight especially in the environment like in the kitchen um that that makes total sense to me the one i have right now really has no functionality you know if you're not looking at your app um and it's a little bit different with me being out on a smoker that's not really like a you know a hands-on experience where i'm like you know holding something and trying to figure something out and it's like 17 hours right right, or something put it away and walk away but you know something more where it's you know more quick turnaround that totally makes sense um and like how does that apply to other like elements in the kitchen right now. Are there any other products that you think really, you know, could use that type of insight being designed into them? Or, you know, we've got the smart kitchen and, you know, smart ovens and you right. know, those like, are all still just coming along. But yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, to take one step back on what you were saying about, um, you know, like how, how you change the experience by not having to pull out the app. I think this is one issue that a lot of smart objects have where, um, you know, no slight, but you start you start with uh, software teams and they look at how like how can we do what we do to make the physical hardware cheaper um, and it ends up being less capable you know because like you know the part that scales well is software so let's do as much software as possible but then that's just not the best experience you know? right um, but like extending it to other things I mean I don't know like all, all, all I look at is how um, 
you know, when we talk about the smart kitchen, people think about the smart fridge. That's a canonical object, and it's just a total failure because, um, like, you know. I like don't even know if I could describe what a smart fridge is right now in 2015. <laughs> like, Can I take it? Can yeah, I take a stab at it? What is a Please. smart fridge right I now? I haven't thought too much about it. I'm not, I don't, I've never even used a real smart fridge. I'm sure you have, but this mm. is, no, I'm no such thing. let me just, okay. Let me just kind of, uh, when, when you said that I had a vision, so let me just go with it. Um, every shelf uh, cameras everywhere. Okay. But that's not today. Like you don't, I we mean, could, I guess you have, you I could, guess we some have, have cameras. iPhone cameras. You yeah. Can have, okay. Cameras, several cameras pointing onto each shelf, right? Image recognition, whether it's from a barcode or whatever. So it knows the product when you put it in, right? That's what you want. This is your yeah. desire yeah, for yeah, a yeah. smart fridge. That is yeah. not what a smart fridge is today. Like you couldn't go buy one of these, uh, right? I don't know if you can buy this, <laughs> but I feel like you you could be able to. It's it, to me, it's still a little bit of fantasy land of of actually being accurate, being able to track how much is left in a bottle, and you know things like that are yeah. like. And then add it to my list. You know, yeah. make the grocery list for me based on usage. Yeah, and tie it into Instacart and have everything just be delivered to you. That's like <laughs> right. the goal of. Mm-hmm. things just appear in my refrigerator based on what I need for the week, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there are people who I I know that companies are working on more or less what you described. And I don't know how well it'll hold up in the real world because when I look at my fridge, um, it's got a bunch of stuff stacked on top of each other. So it might be a little <laughs> tough unless we do RFID. But Yeah, it's got leftovers and containers that don't have... You yeah, know, right. In yeah. produce, yeah. rotting. Right, yeah. But if you used a recipe, uh, you know, to make the thing that was in a container, right, theoretically should know, like, I made this this night, right? This wasn't my the recipe that I went through. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that went in there is most likely that thing. Yeah. Right, so there was... I mean, that was one of the topics at this summit was kind of the logistics problem. And I mean, people were even trying to solve it by making smart containers. So you just have like dry goods being stored in this stuff. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it might make sense eventually when the cost of the technology is so cheap that it's just going to have it no matter what. But is the timing wrong for that? And then otherwise, I mean, my current response is I'm a Luddite. I enjoy walking over to HEB to get groceries with my family. It's kind of a time time when we can do something together Mm -hmm. and let the happy accidents happen you know like i don't want um my kitchen managed with the efficiency of amazon (laughs) with or without amazon's actually help right sure i did uh stumble across a a really good scrambled egg recipe because i had extra um extra like uh heavy whipping cream (laughs) and so i was like what can i do with extra heavy whipping cream because you need it for some recipe and i could only get a large enough but see that's what would be in my ideal recipe app you know it would like i could tell it like okay i got what do I do with this? I've got these four things. Yeah, I was like, I, I can't use whipping. What do I put whipping cream in? I'm not going to make butter, right? Like, what is? <laughs> right. I guess I could have made butter. Though. Yeah. Mm. So the question then is like, does that belong? Does that belong in a smart fridge, or is that like a level up of a you know more connected kitchen where you know the the items are just letting someone else know their what they have and what their job is, and there's like this higher higher level being that's facilitating. You know, all like of the these, kitchen god, the kitchen god Jeff facilitating Jesus. these devices. To me, it just it doesn't feel near term, and you know, it's it's not an area that you know I'm I'm super passionate about or really like in the details on. But it just seems like we're just so so far away from the meaty things that may come out of this. I think there's other areas in the smart home like lights and locks and garage door openers, and you know, some of these things make more tangible sense about how they start working together because they do one action that's mechanical that has a clear vision of what you're trying to do. And with these kitchen items, hands-on, it's just it just seems more just vague to me of just how it all fits together. I to think my ideal smart kitchen is just a big, like, articulating robot arm that cooks for me, right? And it can just, oh, yeah. it can reach anything 
and it can you know use a knife and it can cut and i like can, that better it's kind of like a dr octopus you know where you can just have yeah. an extra arm to help you you know it's like mm-hmm. it just seamlessly it does all i can prep. transfer the spatula to it whatever yeah. so are there are there any other you know i, I guess i specifically want to maybe bring up the oven right now for the smart for a smart connected kitchen mm-hmm. there's the product um that now the name escapes me june june that's right the june oven um and if you haven't seen that it's a pretty pricey uh oven that has a lot of you know connected features that allow you to pre-warm up the oven it actually has a camera in it that tries to analyze the food that's in it to actually make a recommendation on what temperature it should be and tells you when it's done and you can just sit on your couch and use the camera and look straight into the oven like those features do resonate with me from oh like that's cool. I I could see myself using that. But not for fourteen hundred dollars. You yeah. know, for the price tag, it's crazy yeah. high. Right now. Three grand, which is, is that what the it final, was? Yeah, yeah. Final. Right. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that product? Like, is that something you're excited about? Kind of just scratching the surface of what we could do, but you know, it's not definitely not mainstream yet. Obviously. Yeah. No, I mean, I think sous vide's a lot closer to that. Um, like, and just to take kind of layman's look at it, I mean, I think just calling it an oven kind of doesn't really get you excited about the possibilities because yeah. it says like, okay, I can do the thing I already do now, but now with the camera, whereas sous vide is like, oh, wow, now I can cook steak like I never cooked it before, right? Uh, so, I mean, sous vide, I think, is already on the cusp of being that thing. That's right? not one I'm familiar with. So, so what is sous vide? Oh, right. So sous vide, um, like another way they they use, they call it immersion cooking, um, where basically you have... Uh, you know, you have water that is tightly controlled temperature, like to a tenth of a degree, and you have this device that sits in your pot usually. It mm. circulates the water to make sure that the whole thing is exactly the right temperature. So what it allows you to do is say you put steak in a Ziploc bag, and then it takes like time to cook to where it needs to be, like the exactly 120 degrees. But then once it gets that, because it's not on like, it's not in flames, mm-hmm. it'll stay at that temperature for what, however long you need it to Interesting. Be, you know? And then you just take it out, sear it, and then you're done. And they're selling, like, is this a concept or more of like a, a specific device? Yeah, that... no, it's a device. Like, I mean, okay. yeah, you could technically do it yourself. Like, people used to kind of do it DIY. Right. Um, but now they have devices as cheap as $100, you know, usually in the 200-plus range. Right. Um, and it really, its killer app is really just steak, like I right. said. You know, it's just like can cook it perfectly on, all the way through because usually the problem is you got this heat which you know kind of has a gradient of doneness when right. you when you kind of just apply it gotcha um but yeah with the june oven i think um the the cost actually doesn't bother me because this is how expensive microwave ovens were in the 60s or whatever right and but the dream i suppose with the microwave oven originally was that people were going to replace everything else with it and instead it just became another tool in the stable right like we have cabinets that are filled with all these special use uh, devices in the in the kitchen i have like two or three blenders um you know food processor all these different ways to chop things even um and you know it's uh i i i can see it also being that and maybe not replacing everything and um i mean aside from that anything that is like too high tech does it fit in the kitchen where you have 20-year appliances yeah i mean i mean a, a big part why there isn't a whole lot of adoption anyway, aside from the fact that you have established kitchen companies that you trust to spend a thousand bucks with, and then you have tech and never the twain shall meet, you know? Um, I mean, just the upgrade cycle is, uh, it's just so slow. It's going to take forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the other area I wanted to cover here was, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking a lot about hardware and, and, and how software rolls into this, but there's another element. I think when we think about kitchen, I mentioned it earlier, Instacart, you know, something like Amazon, uh, what's their refillment? Fresh. 
There's, they have a refillment service. Button. Yeah, the Dash APIs where devices sure. can let them know when things are running low. What are your thoughts on those services that may surround this ecosystem of, you know, you know, helping some of these devices get smarter? Like, you know, a coffee pot that knows that it's running on coffee and automatically reorders it from Amazon. Yeah, I mean, personally, I mean, I, I, I kind of fall back on the same thing where, like, I don't care too much, you know? Like, I tend to overbuy things and, like, yeah, I guess it'd be great. Like, I could get away with less space, maybe. I wouldn't need, like, a mm-hmm. second freezer. But, um, I mean, I, I think that can be useful. And, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be a great way to um, make money, um, you know, tying it into service. I mean, that's just been kind of like the general thrust has been people are realizing that, oh, making hardware is hard and expensive. And if it's a gateway to ongoing recurring revenue, that's much better. So from that standpoint, I see that and I totally get that. And I think that'll be great. I mean, me personally, I just want to make cool hardware, you know? So you're, you're still a little bearish on yeah, the I software mean, or the services surrounding it. I'm I'm a little bearish. Now, I mean, I think I think it'll do really well. But then I also think it's partially just my own mindset being a cheapskate and maybe being from like being a certain age or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to be paying recurring costs for a lot of devices. You right. Know? Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole reason that we don't have um, cell radios in all of our devices and instead we're you know, using Bluetooth and its range problems, we're using Wi-Fi and its power problems, not to mention pa- password problems. Um is that the cell phone companies, when this first became a possibility, they wanted to charge per device mm-hmm. and no one's going to do that, you know? Right, yeah. I think personally on my front, I think the services are an interesting hook. Um, I I am less excited to go to my local grocery store. Uh, and so, uh, you know, anything that may do a little more management around, you know, auto-refilling those things certainly kind of piques my interest. I'm still... Uh, and I, I also struggle with so that right now Amazon has kind of two refillment uh, policies like you can sign up to get this every month, which like stresses me out because I think, well, what if I don't need it this month or what if I use it too slow? Like just the have auto- you used it yet? Well, I, I don't use the auto refilling one. I do have an Amazon Dash button, which, you know, when my kid's running low in diapers, I've got it in the closet and I just press the button and diapers appear two days later, which that's a great use case for me because it's on demand. It's, you know, on it's in my control. You can imagine if I had this smart diaper dis- pail or, you know, whatever, when it, you know, gets below 10 diapers, it just automatically talks to Amazon and takes me out of even pressing the button. That type connectivity it does interest me. And I think it, it could be useful for my life. I just don't see it in the next year really making a big impact for me. I think I only used my dash button like three times. For the toilet paper? Yeah, I've stopped using it. <laughs> you don't, you don't I think I forgot about it until you, you just said it. You don't refill toilet paper anymore with the button? You know, last time I was at the store, I just picked some up and it was uh, it was easier. So it was short, already at the short-lived store. Short-lived for you. Yeah. It didn't hmm. last long. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to see if I can maybe rig it up to like turn on a, a smart light that I have instead. Yeah. Cool. Well, the last thing John wanted to hear here, so we're, we're here at near the end of 2015. What is what is 2016 in your mind for the connected kitchen? What Do you think there'll be major breakthroughs? Or what we, is 2026? Let's, <laughs> let's start with Let's start short term and then figure out the long term. What do you see kind yeah, of the next sure. 12 months is, you know, really where we're going with this thing? Um, yeah, no, I think it'll be a lot more fumbling around. <laughs> I mean, I, I think- And that's like a valid a, answer. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I mean, eternally. Um but I, like I said, I think sous vide is going to be big, and I think that and a couple of other tools may provide um, really good companions for new cooking apps. And I think cooking content, new way. Of, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Chef Steps. I am not. So they just put out a bunch of videos, a bunch of content, um, and 
you know, like kind of out of nowhere, they just became really popular in social media. And I don't know exactly what it is about them because I haven't done a deep dive. But, um, you know, they're really into not just sous vide cooking, but all sorts of cooking and just having new fresh content. I mean, like we do this for, you know, regular news. Why why not deep dives on particular topics? Um, and I think that's going to be really big. And I think any hardware that kind of really partners with that in mind is really going to, what's going to be interesting next. You know, it's There's got to be a context to grow around, not just, we need a smart thing. Right. That yeah. makes sense. I'd love to see a focus on um, like being a better cook, not just, you know, like how, I don't really know how to say this, but you know, I can follow a recipe. I can, you know, I've found some really great recipes, follow them precisely and, you know, make a great meal. That doesn't mean I know how to cook, right? I want to learn how to be a better chef not just learn how to follow a recipe mindlessly, right? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, I, I know from my perspective, so, um, you know, obviously I've got a wife with two very small kids and it's all about time. So how do we how do we make great meals and how do we not spend an hour in the kitchen figuring out how to put everything together and make it happen? Like great meals, small time spent is without a doubt the value and the utility that we're looking for. Yeah. And, you know, how do we get that time back? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like when, I mean, I have the same problem where I have to time when dinner will be ready for when my wife gets home from work. Yeah. And it's tricky, especially since I don't know sometimes when she's going to be home until like 15 minutes when she, right. she exactly. texts me. And, but what I would love is a sequencer for recipes because like the thing I always screw up is like, oh, I put the vegetables on too soon. Now they're cold or now they're overcooked or right. whatever. Right. And so I want GarageBand for um, my kitchen. Yeah. But it also does need more of these hardware devices to kind of give you that Context, you know, to kind of keep things in line. Maybe the stove would kind of keep things just warm while, you know, when they're going over that kind of thing. Makes sense. Yep. So, so before we go, any where can we find more information about Range Dial and and uh, you know what you're working on there? Yeah, um, supermechanical.com is our website, and supermechanical itself, the word is kind of what our philosophy is. You know, starting from these familiar mechanical interfaces and building on them. And yeah, so you go there, you'll see, and you can order range, and you can pre-order range dial. And do you have a ship date yet, or is that too early to um, talk about? Or no, it it will be. I mean, it's a little early, but uh, we're aiming for spring, so okay. time for grilling season for sure. Gotcha. And then uh, last question: It's almost the holiday season. Do you have a recommendation for anyone out there for you know someone who likes to be in the kitchen? Maybe a cool gift. To oh, easily. Get I mean, them going this year. Speaking to uh, Ryan's desire. Um, an awesome book and it's already really popular on Amazon I think it's called The Food Lab and if you're familiar with Serious Eats their uh, one of their main guys has written this awesome book that both covers recipes and they're not super fancy recipes they're just like this is the best southern fried chicken this is the best mac and cheese this is how you make the best buttermilk pancakes super opinionated um, but then he also talks a lot about the science behind him tells you where you can and can't deviate on things tells you why buttermilk is important that kind of thing you know so get that book it's like a thousand pages it's both a kitchen read and like a lounge chair read. yeah that's awesome very cool awesome well uh, appreciate you joining us today john and uh We'll try to have you back when maybe we have some breakthroughs in the kitchen. Maybe when you, <laughs> maybe when you ship range dial, we'd like to hear more about it. So yeah, uh, sure. it's been uh, great. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. See ya.